0: And
1: welcome back to another episode of the Hero Ball Podcast. I'm Richard Davidson, and I'm, I'm my good buddy Ethan Huffman. And the trade deadline has come and passed, and both of our teams, Ethan, have made trades. Unfortunately, big, big movers the Miami Heat. Unfortunately, they are not super consequential, and so we won't we won't talk about them up here at the top. We'll, we'll eventually get to
0: them. Yep. Now the Heat's the Heat's pick situation, though Richard, pretty important stuff. I wouldn't overlook it. I mean, I would have said the same thing
1: had they actually done something <laughs> with those said picks before the deadline, but they didn't. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, get get to the, the the trades that people are talking about. We tried to order them. Uh, well, I should say we. You did. You ordered them pr- predominantly based off of. I th- I would assume what like which trades would be most notorious for your have notable players and um and, and so uh, we'll, we'll see we'll see how you did here
0: yep i'll well, say let's get started here with the philadelphia 76ers acquiring james harden and paul Millsap, and sending out to brooklyn ben simmons seth curry andre drummond a 2022 first pick unprotected but right to defer to next season and a 2027 first round pick top eight protected through 2028 and then conveys to second round picks in 2029 plus cash considerations of two million dollars so Richard we talked about this trade in the previews quite a bit here I thought it was silly to give up extra for Ben Simmons if like or to give up extra with Ben Simmons for James Harden I thought Damian Lewis would be a better option if you were giving up extra which I thought was required Um, they gave up extra for James Harden. They made, theoretically, Brooklyn a better team in the process. If James Harden is the better player and Daryl Morey feels super comfortable with him, this trade doesn't matter. You got two of the maybe top ten players in the league if James Harden rounds back into form. But did you also just send out and maybe make the Nets a lot better as well? Tricky stuff here. What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, number one...
1: Darryl Roy was right. We should, like, you know, the patience that he displayed paid off. This isn't, you know, um, the CJ McCollum and stuff for Ben Simmons. This isn't, uh, you know, some of the other, like, I don't know, gro- gross trade offers that, that we saw rumored out there. Um, and so he gets his top, you know, whatever number he said, top whatever player in James Harden. Um I mean, the concerns that I have are the same ones that I had when we talked before. How do they go about doing things defensively with James Harden? And do James Harden and Embiid want to offensively, stylistically, how does that work? Is it just your turn, my turn, but instead of it being two guards, like in maybe previous iterations with like Westbrook and um, and Harden and Quest and, and, and Paul and Harden whatever is it is it more so hey now we got a big that can go hit, you know your turn my turn and I can you know, mosey along to the weak side or uh, you know when it's my turn maybe you're setting me a screen I the only thing that I um, so like I, I'm glad for for Philly that's like okay let's go ahead and make sure that we are we're, we're trading away first off people who are not going to be. Uh, helpful defensively, so Seth Curry had some value. Would is, is going to be I think a pretty good fit offensively for this Brooklyn team, other than the fact that he's super undersized. And now we've got hey a Duke backcourt, uh, and yeah, all, all all that. Anyways, Andre your Drummond you're gone. You know, maybe Brooklyn thinks that he can be of some use against Philadelphia. We know how that's going to turn out. But uh, uh the the the, po- the point is, like, I just, there are some questions that um, come up with James Harden defensively. And is there a way that you can get around some of the defensive issues that he has uh, w- w- at the, you know, in the playoffs? Because what it looks to me is the way that James Harden's been utilized in the past is, hey, we're going to have, have him defend fours. But that's where Tobias Harris is right now. So, what happens?
0: It's a little tricky, right? And I think it's interesting that, you know, Seth Curry was, like, the the man that went out. I mean, I think I think Philadelphia could have still utilized him as, like, their small guard. Granted, he's a little bit of a defensive problem from time to time. But I don't really see him when you're talking about guarding smalls, like, the, you know, like a Kyrie Irving. I don't think he does any worse a job than Danny Green does, just because Danny Green's losing a little, little bit of a with well, the oil in his knees. Listen, Seth Curry got
1: Kevin Herter paid. All right, that's what happened this this past um, playoff run, like the Kevin Herter experience. Guess who was covering him? Seth Curry because they were trying to hide him, and that went poorly. Granted, it went poorly for Danny Green uh, because they tried initially to task him with guarding Trey Young on the ball, like that's not where Danny Green belonged, And then they they you know put Simmons and they, they did that. Point is though. Maxi's going to be a better defender, and that's the better fit um, on that, at least on that end of the floor for Harden. The question is, how does Harden's coming in? How does that impact Maxi on the offensive side of the ball? Doc Rivers and staggering again. We, we we come to this point, and I just want to know, kind of, I I would like to know the way that they're going to try to fit all those pieces together.
0: Yeah. And I I think Maxie will still get quite a bit of rain when James Harden's off the court. I I don't see it, I don't see it as possible that Maxie will not be on the court if James Harden's off the court. But then again, we uh, we saw Blake Griffin never play without Chris Paul, so <laughs> I guess we can't we can't 100% lock into knowing what the uh, what the lineups will be. But I do think, you know, it's kind of duplicative for Brooklyn having Seth Curry, and basically now you have two Patty Mills. One that flops more and one that just gets shot over, I guess. I guess we're going back to the Kevin Herter experience, but I think I think they did well keeping Maxi, Thybul, Danny Green, all all in house. Those are guys who can help out Harden in, in in a lot of ways. Chasing like the more active players around. Um, obviously Joel Embiid still going to be the the key cog to it all behind everyone. But I I no Daryl got his guy and while we are very hesitant to say the defensive problems won't persist because switch versus drop, that's like what we're dealing with, with the two best players on the team. Um, I, I'm happy that they got their guy. I'm not sure this year's the year because it's a lot of moving parts, but I would think Daryl and doc can figure something out and also bring in a few more pieces to to fold around here this coming off season to, uh, to shape this team up properly, so let
1: let's say in in the um, in the playoffs you take James Harden and you hide him on like the worst defender, worst offensive player on the other team that you that you can, right? Whatever find out whatever the matchup is. So against Miami, who is it? Who's he guarding? PJ Tucker, like?
0: I uh, yeah, I would think so because PJ is pretty corner dependent. He doesn't do a lot other than stand in the corner.
1: Okay. Um, if you do that, then now Harden is probably, I don't know if he'll be your strong side or weak side, uh, you know, low man. But regardless, at least he's out of the main actions. Um, Okay, against Chicago. It, it, assuming their health, because that, that's, that's tough. Zach Levine, yeah. you know, coming out, he's, he's got some knee things. So, who knows?
0: Yeah, if, if you're going to Chicago, I mean, I, who knows about Lonzo Ball as well. He hasn't played in a long time. But like it'd be like Alonzo Ball or Caruso, but I wouldn't do Caruso because Caruso is so much off-ball cutting and stuff. I feel like he'd really get victimized in a special way that would like would be unnecessary, you know? Because there's no reason for Caruso to be doing that stuff. But James Harden is just a little um, not present enough to pay yeah. attention to those kind of guys. I mean, maybe James Harden can cover whoever the like
1: four you I mean it's probably gonna be Caruso because I mean it's like Derek Jones jr has been there he's he's now a guy with multiple hand injuries it looks like uh and uh, Patrick Williams maybe when he comes back I, I don't know um anyway so that, that that's kind of the the difficulty there going to Cleveland I'm not I mean sorry Cleveland I'm not super concerned about you there, there's people who we can hide you on uh you know I hard non like, a coro or something like that you know
0: and even though derozan is is obviously cooking this year like harden derozan i don't think is a terrible matchup like i don't think derozan has this incredible speed advantage like derozan's going to take difficult shots like i think harden can still get him to take difficult shots like i don't think that's like a loss against chicago necessarily but whoever harden co- whoever covers derozan's probably picking up fouls i don't know
1: if I want harden to be the guy that's that's in that true. position um milwaukee <sighs> i
0: mean Bobby Portis. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
1: there we go. Um, and, and then, or obviously... what
0: center did they just trade for too? They traded for a. For oh, Sir, Jabaka. Sir Jabaka. Yeah. Hide him and have and Joel playing. You know, free safety against Giannis. Whatever, however that works. Uh, last
1: one would be Brooklyn. Like the last one, I really like. You know, care about Brooklyn. Who do you hide him on?
0: Uh, against. That's a team with a lot of shooters, so you really can't. You really can't trust him if he's going to be. You know, it, not it probably just depends on whether it's a homer
1: or an away game. I would, I would assume. So. <laughs> That's funny.
0: Yeah. Well, let's talk about the Brooklyn side of this equation now, sure. Richard. We got, we got Ben. I mean, maybe you just had him on Ben Simmons because you know, like, depending on how much Drummond's playing or what, or Kevin Durant. Like, I mean, I don't know who the center is, right? Like. Him.
1: But the problem is Ben Simmons is going to be involved in actions. Like, That's unless true. unless they've taken him and. Said you're standing in the you know you're standing in, the, in in the dunker spot. It's just he's he that's that would be the exploitation. You put him in net now. How are you covering if he's guarding uh, Simmons and Simmons screens for Kyrie? It's over, right? It is and, over. You have you're having issues. So I, I don't know, and um, I, I don't think that uh, I don't think Harris is coming back this year. Just based off of like the. Um, the 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 things that have been coming out about oh he might he might need another uh, yeah you know. for a I second I thought
0: you were talking about Tobias and I was like I'm pretty no, sure to, Tobias no. is no. healthy buddy but Joe I mean, Harris Tobias,
1: Tob- Tobias is good Joe Harris yes um but,
0: but break yeah, down the I mean, tr- tr- trade a little bit Brooklyn. more we got we got Ben Simmons we got Kyrie Irving half the games um Kevin Durant you know, and Seth Curry some guards Joe Harris lacking. You know, they, they, I think they now have a little bit more of a functional team based on the fact that they have this really dynamic defensive player that they can send almost anywhere. Um, I think you could play him with, you know, I would say with Nick Claxton being being very active, like I think you could have a pretty interesting thing. Obviously, that's two non-shooters. But with Kyrie, Kevin, and then insert Seth, insert Patty Mills, you know, Joe Harris would be a great option right now. I think there's some ways to get some pretty defensive create. Pretty creative defensively, considering you have a guy like Kevin Durant, who even by himself last year in the postseason, basically carried Nets offense to still being above average.
1: Yeah, I—so, first off, I, I enjoy I, I enjoyed Ben Simmons here. I think that it'll be good to see him play again. He'll he'll fit in well with them. We already talked about you know, him screening for Kyrie, and, uh, I mean, you don't really create much of an advantage, I don't think, for— him screening for for Kevin Durant, but for 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 Kyrie, you're 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 definitely gonna put the other team in some difficult situations. I I just with some of the other guys like Joe Harris is a huge missing piece. He gives you the exercise. He gives you the hey, he can he can you know defend at a just a reasonable level. It's not gonna be you know getting Kevin Herter paid season when he's out there defending, um, and. And so now, I think you're still having the issues of, all right, let's get Bruce Brown out there to maybe you know give give you some defense. Oh, he now his role now overlaps with Ben Simmons, and he can't really space for he can't shoot. Now now we're working, we got people working out of a out of a phone booth. Which guess what, Kevin Durant can do, Kyrie can do, but uh, I just I begin to worry if you start having too many of the Patty Mills. Seth Curry with Kyrie Irving defensively, like how do you defend guards, um, with with this team? And, and the answer is probably to let's throw Ben Simmons on them. But now you're probably getting crushed on the, if you're not having a big out there, then you're getting crushed on the offensive glass. Um, maybe it's LaMarcus Aldridge just because he does provide some, you know, semblance of spacing. Facing. Yeah, mid range, like so. Like I, I don't, I don't know. Like they, they, I don't know how much Claxton fits in outside of like just individual specific matchup based things they were like rumors were that they were looking to move him along with the first that they got from Philly for something else maybe to get some wing help I and that was like a oh hey is jeremy Grant coming and then and then he then it wasn't and so like basically with 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 the Miami heat trade and this was like oh is Jer- is Jeremy Grant coming and then he wasn't so yeah it's
0: I, I think there's it's a little bit more unique with like specifically a Bruce Brown and Ben Simmons being able to work a little bit together because I know like they get guarded similar like they are non shooters people will not respect them from distance but the difference being that if if you put a small on Ben Simmons and you, you or if if Ben Simmons is part of a screen action and you switch and you get a small he's I think you know especially with with Steve Nash being you know very I think I think dude, sh- proving himself to be a pretty good coach coaching through some pretty tough scenarios so far in his young career. I would, I would say he's a guy and guy who I would trust like as that point guard mind to get Ben Simmons. Like, Hey, realize you do need a score when you have the advantage, you get a small on you find the, find the block. We have two guys, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irvin who can make that pass. You get a small on you go, go find somewhere around the rim and let's get you layups. Like I, I just trust that point guard mind, of Steve Nash to kind of help Ben Simmons through some of these offensive bugaboos. I got to
1: think through it more, but just, I mean, again, all of this, like is Kyrie going to be playing games? Who knows whether that's, I mean, I don't think, I think we are, we're at the point where we're fairly confident. He's not, he's not going to get a vaccine. And so if it just comes down to, is New York going to change the requirements with, with things? And maybe they do, maybe they don't, but, that's the other thing, because if if Kyrie's not playing actual basketball games, enough actual basketball games, then then I don't think it matters. Well, you know, yeah. I
0: don't and think it matters. Sh- shout out Kessler Edwards. He's he's been playing pretty well for him. He might be he might be more and more part of this as he's one of the few guys with size and athleticism. So shout out him for taking advantage of a situation. A guy that I like knew of but wasn't like fully aware of. Shout out to him for performing pretty well despite having some weird circumstances to play in. Richard, on to the next one. Let's talk about a trade that you and Elkin previewed, nailed, everything down to even what picks were heading out. The Karis LeVert and a Miami 2022 second for Ricky Rubio, a 2022 uh, T14 protected first, and Houston 22 second, and and Utah 27 second. You and Elkin buried this trade perfectly, had it all lined out. Basically, you sent it to uh, Kevin Pritchard himself, and he just said, yes, I like it, send.
1: It, it it just made too much sense. Um, the money is like near, you know, near matching, near perfectly matching, and uh, it's I mean, probably need a first round. You know, you're gonna need a first round pick. That's kind of what they were going for, and you throw in enough seconds and you muddle the waters, and it's like, hey, look, I mean, the the Houston twenty-two second, almost, you know, it's probably gonna be one of the top few in the in the, in the beginning of the second round. So, I think that. For the Pacers, you're very happy with this. You're, you're happy to get a first round pick and you know, just you, you've, you've, as well see that with the next trade, you're deciding to, let's go ahead and do a little bit of a reset. Um, and I think sending Karis LeVert out again, they, they just found their way into Karis LeVert, um, thanks to, uh, Toman Fertitta wanting to be a poor man, um, Save, save, save his money. I, I don't know if uh Karis Levert in I, I, I don't I don't know if I totally love it with the Cavs, but it is what it is. Like the, it, once Colin Sexton went down, you needed to have a little more scoring juice. Uh especially when Rookie Rubio went down and you couldn't play, you know, couldn't have some of that overlap. You tried to, you know, let's go ahead and try to get uh um, Ray John
0: Rondo. Yeah,
1: get get, get get Rondo in to do a little bit, like, it seems like they're just trying to get, you know, some bits and pieces from the guys that went down with injury, and depending on how they decide, I think it's better to bring Karis off the bench, just uh, allow um, Okoro to be able to defend whoever he needs to defend uh, out of, you know, the starters, and, and get more of that overlap, uh, and let Karis cook against, um, you know, bench, bench units, and you can close with him if you need the offense, right? Just make some of those decisions. I, I just were, I just wonder what this means for Sexton. I wonder if it, if it gives other teams a little more boldness to uh, throw out an offer sheet, thinking, hey, I, they already, maybe they don't want to spend all that money. But spending a lot of money to be bad. Now they're starting to get good. Are they want to, going to want to keep spending all that money? Maybe not. Now that they have. Uh, at least some version of hey a, a scoring guard who happens to be a little bit taller than Sexton, so shout out.
0: Here's the thing with Karis. I, I like to watch him play. I think he's an interesting guy. Like he does a lot of cool things. You know he's kind of lanky, kind of a streaky shooter. But with all that, my like he's he's not a player that I'm like looking to have to like be part. Like he's he he's he's a decent team, like third score, bad team second score. Like, that's just where he is. And I just don't see him without, like, being a great defender, without being a great shooter. I just don't ever see him fitting in as, like, just a complementary piece, you know. I just don't see it because he's not good enough at a couple little more role playery things. He needs to be a star, and he doesn't have that capacity either. So he's just kind of a tough little in-between player, in my opinion. I think it's good for the Cavs. Cavs are in that, you know, trying to be a good team phase. And if they get a guy like Kevin Mobley to pop, but, you know, he's not really the scorer. Maybe this is the kind of spot for him to be. Darius Garwin is a pretty good catch-and-shoot option, as well as a facilitator. Like, he might have found himself into a almost perfect situation. But I'm just not—I am not a Karras guy for the grand scheme of things.
1: Yeah, I just don't know if I love it because, like, hey, we are already up in the, like, home court advantage in the East kind of range. Now, granted, I don't think anyone really views them as being there. They kind of view them as being, oh, you're a, you know, a next tier type of team, more so in the realm of the, Torontos and Boston's and you know, Charlotte's and and wherever Atlanta is this year, like more in that realm than in the Miami, Chicago, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, right? Like I think that that's where people view them more. And while I do think they pose some unique matchups to certain teams just because of their size and length of the rim, um, it's it, like. I would just be like, "Hey, let's just just finish the season the way that it is. Keep your own first-round pick and uh you know, figure out the way to perhaps utilize that more going forward." I think that this trade because you're giving you're you're moving off of a first-round pick, you're moving off of of, you know, uh another early second, like I just think that it 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 forces you into other decisions later on that maybe it doesn't maybe maybe i am underselling how much they're willing to spend but i just think that this puts them into like potential range of oh we already invested this much we already have you know this sunk cost here and so i wonder if it if it leads them to make decisions based off of money rather than actual play on the court so that's just my worry um with them long term i think it'd be fine Mm. i think it'll be fine for whatever they're going for this year uh, making the making the playoffs, having a, you know, hopefully competitive first round and, you know, maybe maybe getting to the second round, depending on the matchup. Um, mm-hmm. But.
0: And, and fortunately, Karras is not on a super long deal. Like, I'm pretty sure he only has one more year after this. Yeah. So, like, he sunk costs, you know, in terms of the, the, the draft assets gone. But, like, you don't have to necessarily reinvest in Karras when his contract expires. You know, you could look at signing trade options, or also just letting him walk. And before Mobley gets paid, after Garland gets paid, it would be unfortunately. But like, you have an you have options to like still reshuffle a deck here before Mobley is getting towards his contract. And hopefully, some development from Isaac Okoro. Yep, hopefully we hope he can shoot. We
1: love him. Um, let's get to someone else that we love who found their way to the Pacers team. Tyrese Halliburton. Made it to, you know, sad, sad that Elkin is not on the pod today because uh, we would be, like, clapping and, and, and celebrating alongside with him. But shout-out, Elkin. Tyrese Halliburton is on your basketball team, along with Buddy Heald and, unfortunately, Tristan Thompson. But the money had to work. Uh, and just to, you know, it's fine. It's okay. Um, Kings get uh the bonus. Uh, Jeremy Lamb, Justin Holiday in a twenty twenty three second. second. Um, the initial... Uh, so here's what I saw on on my, on my Twitter feed. I saw the initial backlash to this trade for the Kings because guess what? Over the over the um, over how bad they've been for so long, they have not earned earned the benefit of the doubt, and so it's like a, hey Kings, you know, what are you doing? You are already uh, out of like <laughs> you're closer to OKC than you are probably uh, you know actually making. To, you know get getting into the playoffs so it's it's what what are we doing but i mean they're they're close enough to get into the play in um but i just i don't know the other teams have also made made pushes there like the pelicans have made a push uh which we'll we'll talk about here very soon and it's what if you don't make it what if you don't make it into uh the playoffs like I I just don't know how much this raises the King's ceiling, but the, I think what, it, what it, this gets to is different teams have different goals. And I think the King's goal is to literally just make it into the playoffs, have playoff basketball in Sacramento because it has been so long. So if you're looking at it from that perspective and if you're a Kings fan and you're like, hey, let, let's go ahead and make it into the playoffs, then this trade is one that i think helps you on that road the tough part is that you're you are having to face a little bit of an upward climb right now with where you are in the standings but you would anticipate that you know at least this this gives you a, a playoff berth um at least once in the next couple of years as you've got sabonis um uh, still on your team uh, yeah f- from the pacers perspective i love it love Halliburton there. Um, they'll have to make some decisions on a guard this offseason like someone's going to get traded I don't know who is it buddy healed is it uh Brogdon um is it uh you know it's probably not probably not Duarte probably not Halliburton so um point is though I I like this trade for the Pacers specifically because it makes it easier for you to build a team as you're going in for the little retool like they kept the people who are easier to fit around right in Miles Turner and um, and now having Halliburton instead of Sabonis, and you know, it, it, you begin the tank job, keep it going down, and maybe you luck, maybe you get some lottery luck, and you're you're rebooting faster if you're if you're the uh, if you're the Pacers, the Kings. Yeah, cool.
0: Pacers are really like, I mean, like I don't want to put like pressure on a guy like K They're they're literally like a nice little oversized guy with a lot of skills from being really solid. like And, like, TJ Warren probably can't be that for you, but, like, he might be able to come back and play for this team again. But, like, with with Hal Burton and and Brockton, I really like that a lot as a backcourt pairing. You just have to be aware that those two are not enough to push your offense or to push your team to, like, high echelon stuff. But if all of a sudden you ran into, like, like who knows, like like even even like a Jason Taylor, just a guy who at the end of the game can – bump up your shots, get you shots on his own and and take and like, you know, play play a quarter by himself and keep you in a game. That's the only thing they're going to be missing if they retain Brogdon, Halberton, Turner, cuz those three guys are perfect plug and play guys any team, any system. I know Elkins mentioned that Brogdon's a little not pass not pass happy enough sometimes, but I think he'd slide right back into a role of I facilitate and hit these open threes and drive a little bit if there was a, a stud you know, three, four.
1: So you, you would rather probably keep Brogdon in the situation than healed and try to, Oh, hundred percent,
0: hundred percent, 10 times over because Brogdon is a slightly worse shooter in theory. He has been a bad shooter this year. I don't want to like classify him as a bad shooter because he's been good for a long time as a shooter, but I would a hundred percent thank Brogdon unless Brogdon helps you bring better opportunities to get that bigger guy that could hold things together. Cause I like, I like Duarte and Halliburton also as like a starting backcourt for a really solid team if you can get that wing player. If you could theoretically move Brogdon to get closer to getting that wing player that helps you, I do it. You can move Heald to get closer to that wing player, I do it. Duarte and Halliburton, I know they're I know Duarte's already kinda old, like he's not but he's he's not old compared to Buddy Heald and Brogdon, who were also old when they got drafted.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, so. and somehow Buddy Heald got a little bit older. Anyways,
0: um uh, with, uh, with this, it's,
1: it's funny because, like, Halliburton and Buddy Heald would be, like, the guys that I would want to have retained if I was the Kings to be put around Sabonis. Like, those two guys, in my opinion, like, would would fit better. But it's, it is what it is. Good luck, Kings. Uh, and Pacers. We like the rebuild. We like, we like the direction that you've decided to go in. So, so good moves to get that started. Next one. This was a weird one. Weird one. Um. I I, didn't—I don't know how I feel about it for anyone involved necessarily, but uh, Dallas uh, went and acquired Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans. Uh, Washington got Kristaps Porzingis and a second-round pick. So, uh, first of all, Porzingis has been injured with a knee thing. Um, They looked at it, and it's not uh, getting—you know— they're not pulling a pistons and, and sending ball ball back, right? That they're they're gonna they've stamped it through. But if if you are the 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 Wizards, if this is your. I mean, they were rumored to be a Sabonis team as well. Like for you know, make make Beal happy. Let's go ahead, go ahead and get Sabonis, get someone like that. And then it's like, okay, well here's here's the discount, you know, bargain bin version of it's not really even the, the version of his bonus but like here, here's 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 another big for you it's not the one you asked for but here's one um and you know Beal's out for the year too we should mention that so uh maybe this is just a hey let's be bad let's 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 we are we trying for a while let's go ahead and, and reel it back in and be bad the rest of the way see if we can get a pick or, you know see if we can get a, a good lottery pick and come back and hopefully Porzingis and be able to make things interesting next year i don't know that that was that's as, that's as much as i could like you would imagine that porzingis is the best named player you know biggest named player in the deal but more than anything i think that it just just speaks to the poor decision that the mavericks made when they went out to acquire him and thought that he would be like the guy to to pair with Doncic.
0: yeah we said the we just had to change—not us, but I think a lot of society and how they have viewed Kristoff, because he had that New York glow up. He got a lot more attention than he probably deserved for his play. Does weird things, right? Seven threes, shoot like bombing threes. Like, you know, Torres ACL making a great dunk or maybe b- great block, I can't remember. Like, had some stuff going on that definitely deserves some attention, but he got the extra bump from being in New York. I actually really like this deal, Richard, because I think that Berton's deal, while it is about half the money and the Dimwitty deal, half the money. Like the Bertons deal was not a good deal for the for the Wizards, and they shortened how bad that is by taking on the bigger number. Dimwitty wasn't getting along with Beal were the reports, so not upset to see him go. I think this team is basically a like legitimate point guard away from being able to actually like put together a consistent offense. Beal, just, I don't think he is that person in terms of consistently bringing it on the team-wide setting. Great individual score. Hasn't been a good shooter since John Wall left, and I'll leave it at that. That's where I see this. But I think Kristaps, uniquely on this team, helps a lot of their existing talent You'll find out who you what you have in Kyle Kuzma. You'll find out what you have in Rui Harchemura. You'll find out what you have in Denny Evdia. Because Kristaps can play the five. He can be your center. And then those three guys right there, they have the opportunity to, to find their way as that three those three fours, defensively, offensively, with the four being spread. Even if Kristaps doesn't make them, he gets guarded at the three-point line. All those three, with their individual moves, Denny's passing, Rui's like one-two, pull up and Kuzma's like versatile, but not efficient offensive game. You can see who is the best fit and discard the other ones. And then you still have KCP to guard guards, Beal out there, you know, Thomas Bryant's expiring. You can just let him go. Corey Kispert's going to shoot Daniel Gafford. You can play with Kristaps stints. Like I, th- I think he fits the team. Well, I'm not saying this is the team that wins playoff series. I'm saying this is a team that now will be, if everyone's healthy, I think has a perfectly good chance to really push for a playoff contention. And I'm not just talking about seven, eight. I'm talking about getting up to where you can lock in like five or six. Because Beal's that good. If Chris healthy, spread floor, a lot of good offensive players. We might be able to have a decent team.
1: I'm less I'm less optimistic.
0: Let me just say that. Um, but they still need a point guard, like an actual I. Help you run. I know Ish Smith's on the team. They just got Ish Smith. Ish Smith is Ish back Schmidt's on the, on the team. team. Ish
1: Smith and Raul F toe. Run on that backcourt. Uh again. It's, it's flashbacks. Uh yeah, they got him and Vernon Carey Jr. and a in a maybe fake second round pick, depending on, you know, if they actually, if Charlotte actually gets into the uh, I guess it's twenty twenty three. So yeah, we'll see. mantras Harrell, they sent him out. Um,
0: so That's good for Charlotte. Just give him a, a, a little bit more. Okay, he's not a good defender but he's he'll help he'll help the the rolling aspects of the offense i would have been if i was charlotte trying to find a way to get a hold of rashawn holmes though
1: oh i would the, the pistons i would also have loved to get rashawn holmes but i guess rashawn we'll just keep him and as, as you know keep him in sacramento and, and it'll be fun uh it'll be fun there uh, but back to dallas this it, after all this happened they immediately said hey Dorian Finney Smith, we are going to extend you, uh, and they did. Um, and it, it you wonder if they were since Porzingis has been out. I mean, they've also been on a little bit of a roll. Granted, it's, but Luca's been doing his thing, uh, and we've we've gone into more you know heliocentric Luca basketball. Uh, and I just I just wonder if maybe they th- thought to themselves, hey, if we can split up. Porzingis's money into two contracts makes it more easily tradable um, in, in the future if we need to, and you know if Bertans can get the shooting back, then hey, that's really all we really wanted or or needed. Chris Apps to do on the offensive end, um, you know, on, on uh, as far as Dinwiddie, maybe that's a hedge on if Brunson ends up leaving, um, but. You know, we'll we'll have to see how those guys fit because they've been playing poorly in Washington. Maybe they'll come in, and the new change of scenery will be helpful for them. And and we'll see. Dallas is working their way back up.
0: You know, I've I've always been a proponent. Of you shoot better when you get passes from good people who who are good passers. And you know, Tim Woody getting a pass from Luka is going to be better than getting one from Bradley Beal. I know that he didn't play in a while, but Berton's going to be catching them passes from Luka Doncic, not Russell Westbrook. Hit, hit, hit in the right spot, you get to shoot better.
1: Blazers and Pelicans made a trade. Uh, this has been you know b- before before the deadline, but after our last pod, at CJ McCollum. Uh, we we did talk about him as being guide to to live. I'm pretty sure I even mentioned. Um, I'm pretty sure I mentioned this trade specifically as well on the last pod. As you know, said hey, it's gonna take Josh Hart, it's gonna take Saderanski. I don't know if I put Nikhil Alexander Rocker Rocker in there, but um, it that was also the way to make the money work. Um. And they ended up also receiving a 2022 first-round pick, which has weird protections on it. Top four. Uh, it ends up staying uh, with, with the Pelicans. But if it's 15-30, to 30, I'm pretty sure that it goes all the way to, like, Memphis. So if they don't make the playoffs, right, and, and it, it doesn't jump up, you know, get super lottery luck, that's when it's going to go to... Um, uh, the Blazers, I don't know the Blazers are probably hoping for that. The Pelicans, I don't know what they're. I mean, they're probably hoping that they make the playoffs and and
0: Zion's and, and, back and CJ, back CJ and Ingram and 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 uh, Valanciunas are all healthy and they're like, wow, we are a lot better team than we started this season and we're gonna yeah. we're gonna shock the world. That's what they're hoping for.
1: Yes, and, and uh, if if it does not convey to you know this year for whatever reason, then it becomes the 2025 top four protected Milwaukee first. And unfortunately, if it doesn't convey that, then you get like nothing. So, um, it'll probably convey. So, uh, also a couple of, like no-name guy like D.D. Lazuda also went there. Pelicans, C.J. McCollum, nice. I'll say the Pelicans announcers, like any, this is my favorite time of the year to hear different announcers talk about basketball because any person that has been traded to a team, like the announcers will speak so highly of them. Like they'll make a, like I saw C.J. McCollum a drive and kick after the defender helped off at the strong side corner, and the Pelicans announcers were drooling all over themselves. Oh, CJ McClellan makes, makes things so easy, so effortless on the offensive end. Said, oh, well, you know, it's he, he made the right read. Uh, I don't think we need to be going to all these superlatives, but the, the it's going to be helpful there, I think, for the Pelicans as they're trying to jump past the Portland Trailblazers. I think Portland will also like to let them pass them uh, to get into the play-in. So Portland, sorry, the Pelicans are essentially fighting, I think, with the Sacramento Kings. Primarily Spurs are in there somewhere, but Spurs are boring. Um, but they're trying to get into the play-in. That's, that, that seems to be their goal. Larry Nance, though, will not be helping them out with that this year, considering he's having surgery. So he's going to he hopefully be able to be around and be back uh, next year. Tony Snell, though. Tony Snell has made it also to the Pelicans. Man uh, does
0: not miss a free throw in two seasons.
1: Yep. Yeah, one would have to take them in order to miss them. Anyways, Um, uh, Pelicans like it for them. For the Blazers, I, I get it. It's it's they've got to do a little bit of a reboot. The question is, they they're gonna have a so with with all the trades, they have a lot of cap space. They have a really big trade exception with this trade in particular. I thought I was like, whoa, this is a Jeremy Grant size trade exception. Um, but I think it makes more sense for them to, uh, in the off season, do that. Bring in, you know, sign. The, sign the Andre,
0: You know, like yeah. sign sign those big offer sheets. Like see who you can pull in, and then as soon as you have all that cap, s- situated, find your Harrison Barnes, find your Jeremy Grant, find your. You know, asset at that dollar figure to bring in. I mean, even could be something like a Marcus Smart, like as a Dame Lord, like pair with, right? Like that's that's the kind of guard that Marcus Smart could be a good pairing with, is someone who can carry the offense for him. Like I'm not saying that's the one, but I'm just I'm bringing up other options other than the the stereotypical wing that the Blazers have never had.
1: Right, but I I think Jerry Grant is the guy because of where these of of I mean like that they would go after because of if you're using the trade exception, you're using it so that you can, uh, you know, bring someone in without sending anything out. The the Kings are probably like, once they made this trade, Harrison Barnes is staying put, right? They're not going to send him out for nothing. The Boston Celtics, same thing. They've got aspirations to, to be good. They're not going to send him out for nothing. Draft capital is not going to do them much good for the Pistons though. Let's say that this first-round pick conveys, and now you've got two picks in, in in the lottery. If you are the Portland Trailblazers, well, you're probably not sending both of them for for you know Jeremy Grant. But you might send one, and so that's where I see this eventually um, uh, moving toward. So uh, Portland will be interesting. The question is, are they going to be able to get those restricted free, free agent offers? That's that's a team. Uh, and it, maybe it's the Andre Ayton. we are thinking, hey, Sarver's cheap. Maybe it's the Colin Sexton. Uh, although I don't know if how much I love that for them. It's a fit. But another small have, guard. <laughs> uh, another small guard. Yeah, it's like we, we already got, you know, Dame and Anthony. But it, it's maybe it's probably more Miles Bridges, right? The the, the teams that you feel like, hey, I want to overpay. I'm gonna overpay to the point that these teams are gonna say, ah, we don't want to bring them back but you are comfortable overpaying because you need to make the most of Dame and you know that you've got this trade exception to not just bring in these guys but also take in that one step further which uh, if you got a team a team of Dame Anthony um, you've got Josh Hart there as well. I think he cause he's he's, he's Great role a real player. realistic piece. Yeah, you um, you got Nestor Little hopefully coming back and maybe being your 8th ninth guy and if you got you know Aton you got uh, Jeremy Grant and uh, Miles Bridges. Like, you now have a team that I think you've rebooted and you're, you're back in the discussion. And depending on the growth of those players, who knows? Makes it interesting.
0: I 100% agree. It's just – that's a hard thing to sell to a Portland fan base that's never, like, landed yeah. a free agent, you know? <laughs> yeah. But – it, with that, with that in mind, let's talk about this other deal that is part of the reason that there is so much cap space. They traded out Nikhil Alexander Walker, who basically was only guaranteed, I think, five and a half million for next year, um, but they still sent him on his way, send him packing. Boys are going to get Elijah Hughes, pretty ancillary piece there, but the big thing here is getting Joe Ingles in house to have his deal expire and you get a 2022 Memphis second, basically just for the trouble. Saturansky goes to the Spurs and gets, they get a bad 2027 second pick and the Jazz are getting, uh, Jordan Clarkson 2.0 and Juanjo Hernan Gomez, that being Nikhil Alexander Walker. So now the Jazz have another six, four, six, five guard. That's going to score inefficiently, um, and probably not play much down the stretch.
1: This deadline just see like I had been a jazz like kind of defender, but they've decided to not invest in any defenders. So yeah. like I'm out. I'm out on them this year. Like they needed to actually make a move and they didn't. And so that's the end of that. Uh, let's move and talk now about uh, a team that made a couple of different moves. Um, Brad Stevens shuffling um, some things around. And I think coming out on top, if, if you ask me. Uh, getting Derek White, um, bringing him in, uh, bringing in Daniel Tice, bringing him back as well. Uh, and th- for the things that they are sending out, Josh Richardson, Romeo Langford, uh, you know they are sending those uh, to San Antonio. It looks like they have a 2022 first. They're sending out 2028 first that they're also um, uh, sending out. Oh, 2028 is a, is a swap. Um, yes anyways there, 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 there are some protections and other things there but uh t- top four pr- predominantly but uh for, for the 2022 first but as they do this um oh and, and schroeder has gone enos uh freedom gone and waived uh by by houston bruno Fernando out of here so they basically turn josh Richardson into first uh and dennis Schroeder into daniel tice and Derek White and I like the Derek White acquisition for him. We've we've not always talked so favorably about Derek White, but uh, this gives you someone else who you think that hey he can be a helpful player for this Boston team that's been trying to find and been trying to find other point guards like that can I use the point guard term loosely here, but like other guards that can handle the ball and. Just fit in a little bit better than Dennis Schroeder, who's going to be dribbling, 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 and looking off Jalen Brown at the end of the shot clocks.
0: Yeah, the the bo- Boston has needed a connective tissue guy that can actually shoot the ball. Because Marcus Smart's a connective tissue guy, but he does not shoot the ball well. So Derek White, while I have bemoaned some of the slathering of praise that certain people have given him, I think a Dave Dave DeFore is the one most uh. It was prominent a nice playoff It was Gosh, a nice playoff run. He friend. had such such a good. Three-game stint against the Nuggets. Oh yes, and Derek White is good. He's a very solid player. But I I just couldn't I couldn't deal with everyone's like, oh, who's Danny Green as as the best transition defender? It's Derek White now. Who's the best person? Like I mean. Keep in mind, Jamal Murray played plenty well in his own right. Thank you. Derek White was just, that's almost like the uh, Iguodala MVP uh, in the finals because he kept LeBron to a triple-double. I mean, what are we talking about here? But Derek White is a very good player. I'm very happy he's on the Celtics for his sake. I think he is going to do well. I still think he's a little too, like, too guardy in mentality. Like, a little bit too much of a score first. For like to fix all the Boston's passing problems, but maybe he can be part of the solution, getting Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum a little bit more in rhythm with ball movement, etc. And Daniel Tice coming back, just a guy who fits fits that team, fits that culture, as it were. Like he's just a guy who's gonna get beat up a little bit, gonna yell at the refs, and you know look stupid when he people say he's as good him and Bam are awash in a series. I Dave DeF- Dave have... DeFor also said that, by the way, Dave DeFour, not on my list of good analysts for the Athletic. Nice enough guy, he's, I'm he's sure. Fine. He's fine. He, I... he said Bam and that guy Daniel Tice were a wash. That was absurd. He's
1: he he's he's a little bit of a contrarian at some points in time. Anyways, um, with with this, I don't know how close anymore because of these moves. I know that they had made uh the. Uh, uh, bol and I think Dozier move in order to get off of the, uh, to go under the tax. I don't know how close they are to it. We'll have to see. Uh, we're getting down close to the end. The only one that we really got to spend tons of, not even tons of time, but as we got to mention, four-team trade, Marvin Bagley to Detroit. Gets some guy who can rim run to, you know, four Killian, four Cade. Uh, I don't love it, but guess what? He's not like his, his uh, cap hold. Is going to be seven million, not fourteen million. So I'm fine with it. We didn't give up anything of consequence. Get a little sneak peek. Hopefully, you can help Ibaka to the Bucks. Gives them the um, uh, Lopez kind of facsimile, and and if Lopez doesn't come back, then okay, and then Serge Ibaka is there. You did give up though Dante Divincenzo, and that was I think. I, I don't if you're not going to pay him, you're not going to pay him this off season. He didn't want to, to, to do that and he hadn't played, he's been injured, hadn't played that well since he came back this year. It's it's the well, let's go ahead and see the best thing we can get for him and if the best thing we can get for him is Serge Ibaka, who's got back issues, but maybe if he's healthy, he can play alongside Giannis as as a as, as a five and, and kind of fill that role. Okay, cool. Okay, fine. Um uh Roddy Hood and Semi Ojeley go to the Clippers. They just have more wing-sized people, um, and yay, Kings get Dante
0: DiVincenzo, Josh Jackson, and Trey Lyles. Yay, they they finally get they finally get the uh, the Kings finally get Dante in the way they were supposed to. So they're supposed to be in a trade for Bogey, but yeah, here we are, here we are a year later, and Dante's going to the correct going. He's going home, guys. He's going home. Um, I I think I think this trade is just like it's it's just. Tidying up for the Bucks. The Bucks weren't getting enough out of Dante. They they still have Pat Conton. They still have Grayson Allen. Obviously Drew and, and Chris Milton play a bulk of the minutes, especially come playoff time. Rodney Hood wasn't doing anything for him. He just you know was he, he was a, an appropriate gamble. I'll say that he could pop again and be a great and be a really solid player. But the Bucks are they got a, they had to keep an eye on that that East Eastern Conference. And there's a guy named Joel Embiid who. You can't have Giannis try to guard all the time because he'll get in foul trouble. So you need a guy like Serge Ibaka. You need a guy like Brook Lopez to theoretically be able to come back, and you're, and you're going to need Bobby Portis to step up. But Serge Ibaka is just going to help, hopefully help ease some of the stressors that go into a theoretical Philadelphia series.
1: Yeah. I, I think it's fine. Oh, Pistons also gave up two seconds, but one of them is going to be a, a bad one, uh, worse of Cleveland or Golden State uh, next year. I assume those teams are gonna be relatively good. Uh twenties at, at best, uh as far as where they finish then the second round pick, so it's second half. And then twenty twenty four second, you know, round pick from Sacramento. That, that could get reasonable, but um it, who cares? Pistons apparently do not care about second round picks. So that was evident the moment Tre Troy Weber stepped into the office. San Antonio you always, um You can always well. buy them. Yeah. Um next where do you want where do you, where do you want to take this uh
0: let's let's hit up these these Suns acquisitions the Suns have br- have brought in an aaron holiday for cash and they brought in tory craig bringing him back home as it were um for Jalen smith a terrible first round pick that they spent and a 22 that's 2022 second phoenix pick um so basically Jalen smith for tory craig Um, good, good, good on them. Like Torrey Craig's guy who can give you a quick 10 minutes up to 20. I would say Jay Crowder insurance, not as good as Jay Crowder, not as good as Mikel Bridges, obviously not as good as those wing type players they currently have. But Torrey Craig is a guy who can give you playoff minutes. He's done it for the nuggets. He's done it for the, (laughs) he would have done it for the bucks and they ended up doing it for the Suns. I'm here for this trade. It's good. Jalen Smith stinks. But if he, if there's a guy he can learn something from, maybe it's miles Turner. Um, He's a little bit undersized comparatively, but those two have similar kind of motions. Just Jalen Smith shouldn't look that awkward for as not tall as he is. (laughs) But, you know, I I think I think it's a a fine gamble for the Pacers to get them a a little bit of a, a little bit of an athletic four. I don't know. It's I'm just trying to justify it, but he's he's fine. He's just not good, you know. I
1: mean, give yourself a peek the tough part is that phoenix declined jalen smith's options so like that decisions was, have
0: to be made faster
1: yeah um i think it was dumb on their part i mean again because you could trade him you could trade a guy and and like you could have done this move and then it would have been more valuable i think to have had the like it's he doesn't make that much money so it, it's it oh well um phoenix gets aaron holiday too you mentioned uh, just i think as cam um Campaign uh, insurance, yeah. So it, and it, also, it, yeah.
0: Aaron Holiday, I, I would argue he's probably a little bit like he's smaller, but a little bit more sturdy of a defender. I, I like Aaron Holiday for certain things. I think you know if for whatever reason campaign's just not having it, like he's shooting poorly, you can throw Aaron Holiday in there, see if he's hot while you wait for Chris Paul to come back in the game. Like it's just a another a little change up, little fastball, just depending on what you're needing any given day. You know, campaign's a little out of control. Here's Aaron Holliday as a changeup. Campaign's not shooting well. Here's Aaron Holiday try to score. I like, I just think he's a perfectly fine player to to keep involved. Shall so we get to the
1: uh,
0: Spurs Raptors trade? You sure it's not a Heat trade? <laughs> the the Goron Dragic to the Heat trade? I,
1: eventually he, he you know pro- probably gets there. So Th- Thad Young. um goes to toronto we'll see drew eubanks got waived um and a more favorable of 2022 2022 pistons pick is what it's going to be uh basically all they've done is they this first round pick that the um, spurs are getting essentially is just like both of these picks are going to convey this year it's just a matter of hey we're we're swapping like half a round we're going up half a round uh, ish or you know maybe 10 picks or something it's kind of the the difference the perceived difference here and Spurs say okay sure let's do it and Goran Dragic will we'll, we'll buy him out we assume and I don't know we'll see what what Toronto does with Thad Young they just want more guys of that nature it just it seems like they have guys like him already maybe they just want more
0: um, insurance I think they just want to have a switchable and you know, pass-friendly team as possible, and I think that Young fits that mold. Goran Dragic wasn't doing anything. No one was giving up anything else of real value to get him. So, and I don't blame him. $19 million, even though it's expiring, is, is a lot. That's a lot of stuff you have to move to just enable a move for Goran. So I get it. I get not wanting to make those kinds of deals. Um last little bit here. We need to, uh, we can talk about, uh, Andy Ellsberg just doing it again, finding the angles of finesse to get more picks available to trade little irrelevant since we didn't trade any of these picks. Yeah. But, yeah. um, they, they opened up a roster spot by trading KZ Akpala for swapping around certain draft picks and how they get them. And now there's a roster spot for Goran Draggers to come home. The best point guard in heat history to come back home.
1: <sighs> so, uh, yeah this was protected 2023 uh i think top 14 protected for a while and you know this just says with the thunder it's like hey let's let's go ahead and have the gamble that you know the heat will be eventually be bad they're not it's miami they're always gonna have people i mean uh but the now it's just top 14 protected in 2025 and unprotected in 2026 and so if you're the thunder sure why not you have enough uh, First round picks Anyways It's just a matter of Hey maybe, maybe we can get Maybe we can sneak a good one In case people get injured In the heat And it's a, it's a You know An awful season uh, For for them KZ Akpala Sadly waved um,
0: He'll find He'll find a home somewhere Especially in a season like this Six ten in athletic Is It's hard to find I mean Look at Jalen Smith that's, that's the reason He got drafted
1: Are you listening Troy Weaver We have an empty Roster spot Go get him
0: <laughs> yeah. Hey, you just got Marvin Bagley. He's six eleven in athletic.
1: We'll take yes and we'll take we'll take we'll take all the all of the swings
0: we can. Alright. Well just keep in mind you get three strikes and you're out there.